Hello everyone, welcome to this short program. Today we are going to talk about life, life uh, and its setbacks, life and its opportunities. Uh, because the reality is that life can be full of setbacks and it can also be full of opportunities. And when you go through a series of setbacks, it's never a very good place to be in. It affects you, it destabilizes you. Uh, you may start questioning, you will lose confidence, and however good you are at what you do, uh, it's, a hard, it's hard work to get back into what we would say into form. Uh, think of uh, the tennis player Djokovic a few years back when uh, he was trying to come back and it was a real struggle. So going through a, a series of setbacks is never a good place to be in. Going through a series of opportunities is a much better place to be in. Um, it's those moments when it seems that everything aligns itself in your favor. Uh, it's not just your own efforts that are paying off. Uh, there is this kind of extra push uh, and it's, everybody loves it, really. Um, there are a few that think uh, twice uh, about it. When they see such opportunities, they jump on it. Uh, uh, because they don't know when the next uh, opportunity is going to come or how long this opportunity is going to last. So we usually jump on the opportunity, sometimes uh, to regret it later. So the thing is that opportunities still require a good level of uh, judgment. Uh, if we pursue every opportunity, we are going to lose our focus, we are going to spread ourselves a little too to thin, so we need to think, and this is really the hard part, especially after a series of setbacks. If we don't, though, uh, if we just go for it, well, we are going to come to realize that we've been too quick, that, uh, you know, that it's in times like those that we can discover that we are on our own worst enemy. So what are we saying? We are saying that we all have the potential to be our own worst enemy. Our own worst enemy in the sense that we can make poor decisions. Um, decisions that we have no one else to blame for. Uh, and this can also happen for those of us who are committed Christians. So whether we like it or not, whether we would admit it or not, we do have the potential uh, to um, make the wrong uh, calls. Uh, when opportunity strikes on our door. And that's what we will be addressing in this new series. Uh, we are going to see that it doesn't have to be that way, because God invites us, He encourages us, and even enables us to see beyond the most evident. Uh, because to Him, uh, all this uh, is part of the process of maturing. So for the first study today, uh, we are going to reflect on those times when circumstances seem to suggest uh, to go in one direction. Uh, that's what we usually call a golden opportunity. But our conscience points in another one. What do we do then? Uh, do we jump on the opportunity because it's a God moment? Or are we to take a step back? and at the risk of looking uh, indecisive and uh, missing, possibly missing the opportunity. 
So to discuss this, we are going to reflect on uh, King David's experience in 1 Samuel chapter 24. And I want to encourage you to uh, possibly pause uh, this uh, recording for just a moment so that you can take a, the time to uh, read the chapter. So hopefully you have read the chapter now. And uh, just to put the chapter into context, uh, just want to draw your attention to a few things. In this chapter, David is a fugitive. He's been one for some time now. Not because he's done anything wrong, but because he's been promised uh, that he would be the next king. And the current king, Saul, didn't see it that way. In fact, uh, Saul so wanted to remain in power that he was prepared to get rid of anyone who was going to stand in his way. And this is what uh, he is trying to, to do in this chapter. Uh, king Saul has been informed about uh, David's whereabouts and uh, he is right now closing in on him with about 3,000 men. Now, if you keep reading, you're going to see that uh, David had about 400 men. So that's uh, being outnumbered about 7 to 1, a little more than 7 to 1. And as Saul gets to the area where David was, uh, he found what he considered to be a safe place in order to have a little bit of privacy. Now, what he doesn't know is that David and his men are in that very cave. And David must have had some uh, men on the lookout uh, because they immediately rushed uh, to tell David that the king uh, was in the cave. Now, this was seen as a God moment, as an incredible opportunity. Now Saul was outnumbered 400 to 1. Incredible opportunity, as I said. Um, the reason that if Saul was killed uh, or was uh, taken captive, his men would probably uh, pledge allegiance to David. So David goes for it, but all he does in the end is cut off the edge of Saul's coat. Now if you stop reading the chapter here, you're going to be a bit disappointed uh, and imagine how his men must have felt. But the text makes three important statements uh, in order to give us a little bit more perspective on it. The first one, uh, the first thing that we need to notice is that even David himself saw this as a God opportunity. In verse 10, when he talks to Saul from a distance, he says, the Lord has given you into my hand in the cave. So it would have been very sensible, very reasonable for him to take advantage of it. But he didn't go all the way. He didn't do what his men expected him to do. So even David saw this as a God opportunity. Second thing, the reason why he didn't go all the way and, for example, king, kill King Saul is because he had pity on him. You find that in verse 10 as well. So that means that what David felt at the moment was more important to him than the opportunity itself. He put his life and the life of his men at great risk for what we some would see very little reward. And thirdly, after doing so with the opportunity, or after doing so little, I would say, with the opportunity, 
David's conscience was still bothered. Uh, you see that in verse 5. Now this shows you the size of the man. Uh, his conscience bothered him for having done something that most of us would consider not worth being bothered about, cutting the edge of uh, the robe of uh, his king. So what can we learn through this? Well, uh, first of all, God gives us opportunities in our lives. God allows opportunities to um, be on our path. Secondly, those opportunities require a response. We can't just sit and do nothing with what life throws at us. Thirdly, we need to remember something very important, and that is that opportunities are not duties. They can be tests at times. So, firstly, the most important is to remember that the right response when we have a fantastic opportunity in front of us, the right response is not automatically jumping on the opportunity, even if God seems to be behind it. What the author uh, makes clear here in the passage is that David did the right thing. David was under the pressure of the moment. He was under the pressure of his men. But David withstood that uh, pressure and didn't take things into his own hands. He entrusted his future into God's hand, which in itself was a very bold move. Um, now, you could think, okay, uh, this is King David, he's one of the biblical characters of the Old Testament, he became king of Israel, great man, uh, great response from a man uh, who was under incredible pressure, as we just said. But you could think, uh, that's not exactly where I met, uh, that's not the level, the kind of level I met. Is there any principle that might uh, help us discern uh, whether we should go for the opportunity or not. And I think that we can find two important things in this passage. To help us, uh, I think that we should be on the lookout for uh, two things. The first one is that when an opportunity knocks on our door, we should check our motivations. Uh, we should think twice. And if there is even only a hint of something that's questionable in our motivations, such as uh, getting even, for example, we shouldn't go for it. Uh, as I said, David had all the reasons to see this as a God-given chance of getting even. The situation he was in was totally unfair, uh, God was behind the opportunity, but David knew that giving everyone their due is God's job, not his. So if Saul was wrong, David realized that he could be as wrong as Saul in the way he would respond to the situation. And that is the reason why uh, David refrained from doing anything. What was the result? Well, the result, you can see it in the passage. Uh, David didn't risk going against what God was allowing. Uh, Saul was still the Lord's anointed, and he was not going to lift a hand against him. And secondly, David got his enemy, Saul himself, to call on God to reward him for it. You find that in verse 19. 
So David didn't do anything wrong and he got his enemy to pray a prayer of blessing for him. The second thing that we need to notice uh, in the passage is that when opportunity knocks, we should check in whose hands we are putting uh, our future. Uh, instead of jumping on the opportunity to shape our future, we should think about uh, whether it it's a risk to our relationship with God. Uh, David chose to give priority to his relationship with God, uh, which meant that, on the other hand, he was embracing an uncertain future, in the sense that he was not acting on something that he could have done by himself. So there is a lesson for us to learn here, uh, and that is that putting in, in God's hands our hope for the future doesn't mean giving up all hope for a better future, but it means giving ourselves hope for God's best for us in the future. Saul prayed that God would reward David. He knew that God rewards those who honor him. And this was an opportunity uh, that God was looking for uh, in order to shape David's future. So when opportunity knocks, uh, the first thing that needs to come to mind is that we don't want to be our own worst enemy. And there are two simple texts, tests for, uh, for that. First, we should check our motivations. And secondly, we should check in whose hands we are putting our, futures, uh, our future in. And this could be summarized in one simple question. And the question would be, could the opportunity in any way jeopardize my relationship with God? God wants to reward those who are faithful to him. He gives us the opportunities and he rewards those who have the right response to those opportunities. May God help you, may God help us, and may God lead us. Let's pray.